Welcome to Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Today's special episode is a follow-up with guest Matthew Wagner, Chief Program Officer at Main Street America. Now here is your host, David Pongraj, founder and CEO of Economic Impact Catalyst. Well, welcome, Matt Wagner, back to our podcast, Breaking Down Barriers. Yes. Hey, David. This is uh, my second go around and so excited to be with you today. Yes. So tell us a little bit about since our last conversation, some of the updates with Main Street America and uh, also with your work. Yeah, I think there's been quite a bit of changes. We've been in a, a really fast growth mode, and I think a lot of that has been accelerated by our ecosystem work. I think you know, for so many years in the realm of ecosystem building, um, there there has been a sort of a void in, I think, two, two realms. Um, and it really has to do with scale. Um, so much of our ecosystem building has either been um, at the hyper-local um, in terms of small towns or hyper-local in neighborhoods, in bigger cities, not at the city level, not at the state level, but really hyper-local focused. And I think as, as such, uh, we've we found a little sort of gap in the marketplace and have been, you know, working strong through, you know, a number of partners, including Kaufman and Ford Cities and Living Cities and Truist, um, really just giving us a great deal of backing and support. For those of uh, our audience that might have not heard about uh, Main Street America, can you just give us a refresher on the overall vision and uh, and the audience you all serve? You bet. So... I like to think of Main Street America as the country's oldest and largest organization dedicated to the revitalization of America's downtowns and neighborhood commercial districts. We've been around for now close to 44 years, Um, started out as a program of the National Trust for Historic Preservation, really looking at how do you leverage the built environment um, as an economic development uh, tool. Recognizing at the it certainly at the at the time of the early '80s, if we go back in time, um, you know uh, there was a lot of competition in, from regional malls and emerging big box uh, retailers, and the built that historic fabric and the sort of engagement that happens at that scale is sort of the unique part that you look for in economic development. And so we've leveraged that throughout our history, building a network of, you know, well over 1,200 communities across the U.S. and really benefiting from a strong cadre of state coordinating programs, local city coordinating programs, and even one county uh, in Michigan. Wow. So uh, talking a little bit about uh, Main Street, Main Street has traditionally had the challenges of the big box retailers and and et cetera, but also the recent challenge around the pandemic. Can you tell us uh, where Main Street businesses are today? We always hear about these awesome stories of Main Streets coming back and uh, downtowns uh, reemerging. If you had to put a pulse on where Main Street America is today, not as an organization, but as uh, as an entity, where are we uh, when we think about our main streets, uh, given given the recovery from the pandemic? Sure. I, I think what we saw during the, the pandemic, uh, just, I mean, globally, just profound shifts, right? Whether it's consumerism, um, economic technology uh, shifts, environmental shifts, but everything was quickly accelerated. 
And I, I think what we saw in terms of Main Street small businesses um, was one sort of a rallying cry. I think what people saw when shutdowns begin to, to occur was that, oh my gosh, when, when those businesses were shuttered, in, in essence, uh, it became a quality of life issue for a lot of communities. It was like, wow, you know, without our small businesses, it, it took away our ability to engage with one another, to come together as community around parades and, you know, holiday um, activities, to see, you know, our neighbors in the stores that we go into or the microbrewery that we used to go to. And so there was this, I think, groundswell of support. And I think what's transitioned since that particular uh, time and place, because I think the writing at that time was, oh my gosh, e-commerce will take over the world and <laughs> we'll never go back to in-store shopping or eating out. And, and in fact, the opposite has just occurred. You know, retail sales uh, for bricks uh, and mortar businesses, you know, um, has been very, very strong. E-commerce has, has pulled back um, in terms of its accelerated pace. And I think uh, Salesforce came out with a, uh, a study that basically demonstrated that success for retail is really going to be around a bricks and clicks strategy. And so I think Main Street is well positioned um, as people have quickly realized that in today's age, which is sort of an age of dispersion, where you can do anything like have a podcast <laughs> remotely, um, you can, uh, you still yearn for those intersections um, of togetherness that really small businesses along our main streets uh, can, can bring together. Yeah, so uh, I heard that you are, have an exciting new podcast coming up and I want you to talk about that in a minute. But uh, before that, I want to just uh, go along the vein of what you just said, that, that there is a resurgence on top of that, there is also a huge need because what we found was that Main Street America and downtown America is kind of the pulse of the community because that's where the watering holes are. That when a local bar or a local restaurant goes away, it hurts the social fabric, not just the economic fabric because that local community gathering spot is now affected. There is more than just an economic cost to... Uh, to a downtown business. Can you elaborate a little bit more about kind of the, the value creation there and why it is so critical to our, our, our economy, not just from the fact that it is another business, but also the fact that that's kind of how our lives are intertwined and we earn for that experience. And therefore we need to go and see and talk to people and spend that money there. And then kind of talk about the stories that you're going to be telling uh, about that. Sure. I think... Uh, I'll, I'll use a little, a quick data point, uh, David. So in, um, I believe it was August of 2021, uh, we've been doing a succession of um, research studies and surveys of small business owners. One of the things that we were interested in better understanding was sort of this connection between community and small business, exactly sort of what you're getting to, this uh, intersection of social fabric and, and, and commerce in essence. What we found was that well over 70% of small businesses were started by people that were already embedded in the community. They weren't recruited or incentivized to come there. They lived there. And so there was always um, this sort of deep passion 
um, for starting something locally. And that began to, to come out in our ecosystem work where we would do you know, surveys and focus groups with entrepreneurs and small businesses. And while they were excited to tell you about their business, they were just as excited to talk about um, you know, sort of the support from the local community. Um, the ability to give back. This is where their maybe their children grew up, or were growing up, or where their parents were from. You know, were were now living, or where they were from, and they came back years ago. Um, that that you couldn't separate those two things, and I think that's also a unique characteristic of small businesses. Whether you're in a big, you know, a big city neighborhood commercial district, or a small downtown in rural America. Um, there is that sort of grounded foundation um, of small business. And that's sort of part of the stories that we're, we're sharing, not just the sort of peer-to-peer learning network um, and problem solving and solution, you know, building uh, through the podcast, but really this, this incredible intersection that exists between community and, and small businesses. You had also talked about uh, the storytelling and and one of the things that this podcast I'm excited to listen to is the stories that emerge. And, and a lot of the time, the, the data sounds cool and the data is what convinces us to act, but it's the emotional connection that keeps us going, right? And a lot of the time, these are stories of people uh, kind of building their dreams and hopes and, and, and actually helping the community. Can you talk to me a little bit about the power of storytelling when it comes to highlighting uh, Main Street America? Yeah, I think this is the uh, sort of differentiating point um, of the Main Street Insight, you know, Business Insight podcast that, um, one, you won't be hearing from me too too much. I simply ask some questions and the, the, the stars of the show are the small business owners. But um, truly, the storytelling is the is the foundation uh, for the for the podcast. And I'll give a, a few a few examples, you know, our uh, the first show will be uh, dropped on Wednesday, August 16th, and um, Amber Lampke from Main Grains, the CEO and uh, co-founder, um, is the, uh, will be on the podcast. And, you know, her story of, of moving to the community and then over time becoming in, uh, involved in Main Street and seeing um, really having no sort of foundational history in, in grain industry um, and starting this wonderful um, you know, grain business, but seeing opportunities through her work in the community to inspire other entrepreneurs and the story she weaves um, around not only starting the business, but thinking about her physical location, the ability to serve as kind of an incubation point for other small businesses, this sort of whole giving, giving back uh, to community. We also have um, just this wonderful uh, young woman, uh, Lindsay uh, Goodson from Milledgeville, Georgia, uh, that will be on the show, um, who actually made the f- uh, front page of the Wall Street Journal during our ecosystem work. Is we discovered, you know, during the pandemic, and this is where sort of the heartstrings really touch you in talking with these small business owners, where her dad passed away during the pandemic, and she had been working with her dad and always sort of knew at some point would take over the business, but not certainly not suddenly. And, you know, this is a young woman in a industry, the plumbing industry that is, you know, typically and traditionally been, you know, heavily male dominated and taking over and, and just the, um, the sort of battle internal battle 
uh, with herself around sort of confidence, having to weave her own relationships and um, try things that maybe um, her dad wouldn't have and being okay if they worked or didn't work. And long story short, she just uh, um, did this amazing, uh, innovative work um, in with her workforce. I won't uh, uh, give away the whole, whole story, but it's those kinds of things that um, uh, really just showcase the, the power of small business owners and the individuals uh, that make up these businesses. Wow, this is this is fascinating. As you as you go around the country, do you see pockets of uh, areas where either it's through policy or it's through just the fact that they have a great climate? Or what do you see is like are some of the underpinnings of places where you see uh, businesses thriving? Is there something that's a key? Because we have a lot of practitioners who are going to be listening to this and saying, okay, how can we? Uh, bring some of this to our own community. What do you see as like the number one quality for a main street that's thriving? Sure. I, I think, you know, overall, you know, main streets play this um, sort of unique role in the ecosystem world um, because, you know, they're not necessarily uh, direct providers of technical assistance um, or perhaps, you know, financial assistance, but they're just profound connectors and conveners. And I think what we found in our in our work is that uh, one of the things that makes up successful main streets is you know having the organization, the director in place um, that's able to 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 be that go to resource. There's a lot of sort of trust and relationship building that main street directors do at a hyper local basis with their small businesses and entrepreneurs. That ultimately, even if the service isn't directly through them. Just making that connection, cutting down on the time, the, the, the amount of resources just go out for a small business to find the solution, um, you know, Main Street's being in the community and having those great, wonderful ecosystem partnerships, I think is one of the, the sort of key ingredients uh, that really makes a big difference uh, for small business owners. And tell me a little bit about the, as you're going around the country, what are the the I know that this is a this is a, a limited edition podcast, right? This is for just a a few episodes. Uh, but as you go around the country, what are the the key hot the key areas you're going to be touching on for this podcast? Yeah, so we're starting out with you know a, a se- doing it by season. So we've got season one that'll be ten episodes. So running through you know October. The wonderful thing is through my work. Uh, I get to travel a lot. I, I, I see a lot of communities and I have an opportunity to meet with lots of small businesses and entrepreneurs. And, uh, and so sometimes I just like stumble upon <laughs> in my conversations. I'm like, wow, not only am I here to do this work, but you would be great for a podcast. And, um, you know, we'll continue to do that. Um, we're, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I think becomes natural as part of our, our work to spot these opportunities. Um, as you know, you can, um, you can ramp up a podcast pretty, pretty quickly. So it's a great format, uh, for telling uh, these stories, but I think thematically, um, there's, there's two things that we'll continue to focus on is, is one having the voice of the small business owner that peer to peer learning um, across, you know, a national uh, platform such as the podcast is a really powerful tool 
most small businesses and what we found during the pandemic have felt rather isolated uh, from one another. Um, that, um, and even when we came sort of in a post-pandemic, a new norm, is that a lot of the sort of um, that tissue that connected a lot of folks um, you know, is going to take some time to bring back, you know, maybe there were events and activities locally, and now they're no longer being held, you know, network groups or what have you. And so um, I think that's a real sort of void and a theme that we'll use, um, whether it's, here's some of the challenges I went through and some of the solutions uh, that we developed or business model shifts that we know through our research is paramount to so many businesses and thinking through. And then I think the second sort of theme is that connection to community. The, the power of, of this social and economic convergence um, where, you know, locals feel very strongly um, in support, but also there's just this yearning from small business owners to give back, whether it's serving on a volunteer board to supporting, you know, the, the, the Girl Scouts and, and Little League teams, um, to being there as a resource uh, for for your local folks um, is just really a powerful part of that storytelling. And when you think about, so, you know, this is such a wonderful initiative you've got going. Is there a way to do something small like this at the local uh, community level for a downtown or a Main Street Association? What can they do? to elevate the stories of their businesses? Like what can they do to advocate better for their downtowns? Sure. I think most definitely uh, is the the short answer. And I think uh, even more important in many cases, it's sort of that hyper-local level to to present and showcase, and many do, of course, uh, whether it's, you know, the traditional, uh, whether it's, you know, ribbon cuttings to um, having business after five so other businesses can see inside and and meet the local entrepreneur to showcasing um, on um, uh, social media, um, but also doing things that that help to create pipeline and showcase new emerging um, entrepreneurs um, is, is critically important. Having local pitch contests or soup events um, to a get to know <laughs> the new entrepreneur blog, whatever it is that, that in many ways, I think what we, you quickly pick up on both through the podcast and the work um, in main streets, whether in neighborhoods or downtowns, is that, you know, small businesses can't really be successful without strong main streets. And it's also very difficult for a main street to be successful without wonderful and vibrant small businesses that were intrinsically connected to one another. So it's in everyone's best interest uh, to, uh, to share and uh, to continue this at multiple levels. Yeah. And so I, I would be uh, not right if I did not highlight my own little uh, main street here where I live. So I live in this little town called Dunedin. Uh, in Southwest Florida, and we have a one street main street that is the talk of the entire uh, Bay Area. So we have people from all around Tampa that come for the weekend, but the the downtown has worked really hard to kind of preserve its identity. And and it has really highlighted these local small businesses. It uh, has a unique flair that it has like a little, its own like uh, set of breweries, uh, it has a little trail that you could walk on. It has a little museum. 
but it's it's preserved. Uh, and my wife actually is is on the historic preservation board of the town as well. Wonderful. In that you know we we really yes. So we uh, value so much what our little downtown means to us because it kind of represents who we are as a town and as a as a local municipality. And and, and so I you know for me I can easily relate to the as to why we need that that downtown, not just for the businesses, but for the community and a way it's almost an identity, right? It's like this, this sense of belonging and place uh, that when I go to Seattle and I go to Atlanta and I go to Cincinnati, I tell people, hey, I've got this little town. I'm from Dunedin and it's got an amazing main street and we shut it down every weekend and we all go walking, right? Like that sense of pride that you get from having a vibrant downtown. Yeah, it's something that you're really proud about. Exactly. It's, it's, it's branding at its finest, right? This, this cadre of, of not only unique business types, but the owners themselves. I, just a, a quick story, David. I was in um, Camden, South Carolina. Um, sorry, Lawrence, South Carolina. I was also in Camden, but then the story is from Lawrence. And I met this, this uh, gentleman named George. Uh, it was a small business owner of a longstanding jewelry antique uh, store in, in downtown. And we got to talking, um, this is through our USDA project, and uh, about 30 minutes into the conversation, George tells me about how younger generations are now coming into antique stores uh, because they're really interested in gemstones and uh, sort of the metaphysical. And I'm like, really, George? George is 72 and, and, and really wise about his customers. And so he, he shares that, let me, let me show you something. So he takes me to this the back room of the store, essentially. I wouldn't have known it otherwise. George has set up basically a mining operation in the back of the store where kids can come in and take a bag of you know what looks like dirt, but essentially a sifting machine, full water running through this, and you can then discover gems and all kinds of different material in here. I think... George, this is genius. Um, <laughs> I, that's the kind of both personality, the creative, innovative thinking that just defines Main Street businesses right there with George. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's an amazing story. And it builds on the experience. It's no longer just about buying, right? Exactly. The, that exactly. These young people get to experience. <laughs> yes. And he, you know, he yeah. goes on to no, share a, that... Yeah. Uh, that uh, he had a child with autism. The mother brought him in and uh, to do this and make a long story short, after he was done, he was having so much fun. So, so, you know, amazed by going through this process that he gave George a hug and uh, his mom was, it was practically in tears. He's never hugged, you know, a stranger uh, before. And again, it just speaks to in sort of a testament to the power of this, again, as we talked about the social economic, that it's much more than that when you go into a Main Street business. And uh, it's something that, that I think we as a country uh, just can't afford to lose. Yeah. Well, uh, what you're doing is such important work because without the stories, you're not going to drive people's imaginations. And without imaginations, there is no way they're going to you know, buy into this. So, That's right. Uh, tell us about, uh, give us, uh, as we wrap up, tell us a little bit about uh, when is the first episode coming? How can people find and subscribe to the podcast? Uh, and if they want to follow and like on social media, what are the, the social media handles? 
Yeah. So uh, it's called Main Street Business Insight. And uh, you, it's a, it will be dropped. Our first episode uh, will be available on Wednesday, August 16th. And then every successive Wednesday okay. for 10 episodes uh, will, will be throughout the, the first season. Um, starting out with, as I mentioned, Amber Lamke, the CEO, co-founder of Main Grains. And you can subscribe at um, everything from Spotify to Google Podcasts to Apple, <laughs> all the majors uh, it will be on. You can search for it there. There's actually a trailer available if you want to listen to a, uh, to a, a trailer about the podcast. It kind of gives you some insight on how it's positioned and and, uh, and, you know, the kinds of uh, material that you'll be hearing there. And certainly look for everyone to subscribe, support, um, give us five stars, <laughs> you know, a plug there, of course. Um, but, and, and give us your feedback. Yep. You know, we're, 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 we're new at this and uh, looking to grow and, um, um, and share, but also hear from folks on how we can continue to improve. So I'm just so appreciated, David, of, all, of you and all of your work and for the uh, ability to share with your ecosystem uh, builders um, who are just represent a powerful network um, in reaching small business owners and, and entrepreneurs out there. So, so appreciative of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to make sure that we're going to put all of these links in the show notes. I actually was able to find the YouTube trailer I uh, can't wait to watch it myself. Excellent. So I, I was able to find it, but we'll, yeah, we'll put all of it in the show notes. And then when it releases, we'll make sure that we share on all of our channels as well. Wonderful. So we'll make sure that uh, when it goes live, we have it there. Uh, what you're doing through Main Street America is so critical work, Matt. And so we're so proud to support this work and love seeing you in these conferences. And, uh, and uh, this critical work uh, helps keep our Main Streets going. So thank you for the work that you're doing. You bet. Likewise. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Special thanks to our renowned guests for joining us. You can find show notes, more episodes, send us ideas, and subscribe to our newsletter on our website, economicimpactcatalyst.com. Breaking Down Barriers is a presentation of Economic Impact Catalyst and is edited by Lauren Bernard. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Breaking Down Barriers, available for free wherever you listen to your podcasts.